Gary. This is Frank Pellicone. You are listening to episode 58 of the Spin Chagrin, and last week's category was fast cars and big boobs. So, Frank, um, how many big boobs movies did you watch? I watched three. We're only going to talk about two because when I was watching the third, I realized I might be able to save it for a different episode. Hmm. Um, so I'll leave that as a surprise. Um, as soon as you said this category last week, I knew exactly, um, maybe not exactly the film, but I knew which auteur I was going to, um, you know, whose filmography I was going to delve into in order to, uh, you know, to fulfill my, my obligation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to talk about, um, Andy Sidaris tonight. Um, Andy Sedaris, who was an incredibly successful and accomplished uh, television director and editor. Um, Mm -hmm. I think he even won some Emmys, but he was responsible for stuff like Wide World of Sports, and he did a bunch of shit in like the Hmm. 60s and 70s. Um, So as he got older, he decided he was going to be a um, filmmaker, director. Um, So he pulled from some different influences uh specifically russ meyer and roger corman um and really made these they're called the triple b so it's boobs bombs and bullets or something like that okay um but it's a series of movies that he made from like 86 through or 85 through the early 2000s he didn't direct all of them some of them he um had his son direct uh but this first one he definitely directed so we're going to talk about the spencer game movie for this week is the inaugural triple b um film known as malibu express Hmm. um it stars darby hinton sybil danning uh art metrano and shelly taylor morgan um and has like a hundred other people in it mm-hmm. um this is i had never seen this movie before i'd seen a lot of the other um sadaris uh triple b films mm-hmm. um so it was kind of a revelation to watch this um so i don't know if you're familiar with russ meyer russ meyer was a filmmaker from the 50s through the 70s maybe even into the 80s whose general claim to fame was that he would find large-breasted actresses and cast them in movies um, so he could film their large breasts. Mm-hmm. Um, his most famous movie is probably Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. Right. Um, but also Mud Honey and Cherry and Up, and he, he did a bunch of movies. Um, there's a real sense of, like... Love is maybe not the right way to put it, but there's definitely a sense of um, excitement in Myers, <laughs> like filmmaking. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and the other side of that is uh, someone like Corman, um, who was making these low budget like horror and action movies, um, typically on whatever sets he could get, where he would use like in like the Ed Wood sense, like use old sets from movies that were passed or who would reuse sets over and over. Um, So two of the more accomplished independent, you know, genre filmmakers 
from that time period. And Sidaris is kind of like the combination of the two of them. So his movies are usually spy thrillers in the loosest sense of the term. Um, they are always filled with Playmate and Penthouse pinup models um, who are taking off their tops and grinding their crotches um, sexlessly into men. Um <laughs> there's never anything that even comes close to resembling like real sex in these movies, um, which makes them even more hilarious. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that when we talk about the second movie in this um, series. Okay. Um, but okay. So let's just get into um, uh, Malibu express. All right. So Malibu express is the story of Cody Abilene and Cody Abilene is a former detective turned private investigator who lives on a boat uh, called the Malibu Express. Um, but you learn early on in the movie that Cody's mother was killed um, when she was hit by a train. So he has erected a doorway onto the pier that leads to his boat that is the caboose of a train that also says Malibu Express because that's to honor his dead mother. <laughs> Um, it'd be like, you know, if like your mom was eaten by a shark and you like got a big like inflatable shark and like put it on your wall, like to honor her by, you know, the thing that's thinking of you, mom. Right. Well, maybe, maybe Cody Abilene is like an Aztec or something. He thinks that, you know, that's <laughs> gain power, but he's not. Um, so the Dude, Abilene fucking Cody Abilene is one of the best things I ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. So the Abilene name is also super important. So you need to keep that in mind. <laughs> okay. Um, Cody Abilene is consistently referenced as being from Texas. Um, he's called like Tex and Cowboy and stuff, has no accent, has a blonde afro and a porn stash, um, and is also referenced as being like a super stud because Cody Abilene will F anything that moves. Okay. Um, so this this is important because early in the movie, you start out with a very fast car riding around a racetrack. Um, and Cody Ameline is there and the car stops and the driver of the car gets out and you find out that it's, her name is June knockers and that's knockers spelled with an H, um, K N H O C K E R S. Just so you know, K N K N H O C K E R S. Um, so June knockers is a world renowned race car driver that also wants to just have sex with, with Cody Ameline. So she removes her top and she has very large breasts and they have sexless sex. And then Cody Abilene, he's got to go um, because he's got things to do. You know, he's a private investigator. So early on, you get the premise that Cody Abilene has learned that you need to record yourself talking to yourself in order to remember things. And that'll help increase your memory or something. I can't remember what the um, the friggin like purpose of the whole thing is so Cody Abilene carries a tape recorder with him everywhere and, and dictates the things that he's doing into this tape recorder so in essence Cody Abilene is in real time narrating Cody Abilene's adventure in Malibu Express <laughs> so for instance Cody Abilene is on his tape recorder and says just pulling up now to the yacht club where I reside so instead of like a narrator telling you that or you just learning that on your own from Cody Abilene, like going into his obvious boat that he lives on, he's going to tell you that. Um, yes. So he gets there and there's 
some people there and you find out those people are the owners of the yacht club and they're like cody abilene you got to take down this monstrosity and they're talking about his big painted like doorway uh, malibu express caboose painting and he's like oh no i'm doing this to honor my mom and they're like and he's like and you're gonna let me do it because my dad founded this yacht club and still owns it and his dad will be referenced numerous times in the course of this movie um but you never see his dad and his dad is never important again for the rest of the triple b series so just gonna let you know that okay um but he was referenced multiple times here as being like the benefactor this rich man the guy that like kind of pays for cody to whatever like exists um so the um what you call it like the the head of the yacht club organization is like where is your father anyway we heard he was lost at sea on his yacht and cody's like um He's probably just taking his time. They're like, yeah, we heard he has an all-girl crew. Why would he do that? And Cody says, all-girl crew probably just got blown off course. <laughs> so now, like, I'm trying to I'm trying to set the stage as to the level of dialogue that exists in Malibu Express uh-huh. and why Malibu Express is amazing. Um, so Cody gets so Cody like kind of placates these people and they're like, ah, yeah, you know, Cody, you're fine. Let's we'll go so they leave and cody gets on board and there's two women in bikinis on board and he's like ladies what are you doing here and they're like oh we just moved into the slip next door we heard you're a private investigator can you investigate our privates so then cody's going to have sex with them but then he gets a uh, is it like a page he gets some call. Maybe he has a phone on the boat. I don't remember this part. Anyway, he gets a call that's basically like, hey, Cody, this is, um, uh, what's her name? Sylvia Crystal. But in reality, like, I'm a Contessa um, or Sybil Danning. I need you to um, do take this assignment for me because you need to investigate. Uh, fuck. When does he investigate? Anyway, he needs to investigate this family because they're suspect or something. I don't remember exactly what the premise is. Um, so Cody gets in his car, which is a red DeLorean mm. um, that's super fast, and he's driving it. <laughs> okay. Because they, they got to talk about how fast his car is. Mm, so I'm sure he's that driving it. real fast, yeah. And he is accosted by the Buffington family, which is a father, mother, and their son. And the Buffingtons are hooting and hollering in their truck. And Cody's like like narrating this. And he's like, oh, you know, my dad used to beat the Buffingtons at the racetrack all the time. I guess it's up to me to carry on the family tradition." So apparently the youngest Buffington puts some kind of like super formula in the car that makes it go really fast. So the Buffingtons beat Cody at this race. And he's like, well, I guess I failed my father. Like, this is so embarrassing. So he has to take his DeLorean to the shop to get it inspected for fastness. And like, why didn't it go as fast as he thought it should? And then he gets like this old like Ford to drive. And the kayfabe reason for this is, you know, because he needs to get inspected for fastness. 
But in reality, the reason that this is happening is because they need to blow up a car and they're not going to blow up this like expensive DeLorean. Right. They're going to blow up this fucking shit ass Ford. But then he starts talking about like I'm driving to these rich people's house and you can tell they're rich. I hope they don't judge me by the car I'm driving because I'm not driving my fast car anymore. I'm driving this, you know, whatever. But I don't judge people by the cars they drive. So he pulls up and um, the butler answers the door um, and the butler's like, oh, nice, nice car or whatever. Um, Shane is a butler. Is that right? I think so. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, it does matter because he's an important character, but I'll just say Butler because that's all that really matters. Um, so he goes inside and, oh no, I'm sorry. So he goes to his Contessa friend's house and fucks her. Um, they have sex because that's just what happens because she's Sylvia Crystal and she has big boobs. Mm-hmm. And she basically tells him, fuck, I wish I could remember. Like, there's so much ridiculous stuff that happens here. <laughs> I really don't remember what the premise of him going to investigate because he's there. He's there. He's going to live in the house and ingratiate himself with the family so he can learn something. Someone is a traitor to the government or whatever. There, there, there's something that's happening. It's crazy because this is cent- the central plot and it really doesn't matter because the rest of the movie is so ridiculous that it never matters like why Cody's there. Mm. Cody Abilene is just there. Um, so they have a maid named Marion and Marion has like these long white dreadlocks and gigantic breasts. And then... Cody offers to give a ride to the daughter because she's going to go check out some investments um, from this this dude. And so they drive... Oh, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I forgot a really important part. So Cody is really good friends with this detective, like Beverly or something. And they used to be friends on the force, but now like he's off the force, but they're still buddies. So they go to work out at the gym together because she's trying to get fit. But he didn't really care about getting fit. He just likes to look at all the sexy ladies at the gym. So there's these two muscle-bound men that I was calling Will Hobbs and Lou Ferrigno. Mm-hmm. I think one of their names is actually Luke. Luke and something. Anyway, so there's a black guy and a white guy, and they're, like, fucking, like, jacked. And they're like, look at this nerd, like, eyeing up this lady. Like, he's a nerd. We should kick his ass. But then, like, Cody leaves and nothing happens. Mm-hmm. So then Cody drives the, the daughter to this guy's, the investor's house, or the place where she's investing. And he's all smarmy. And then all of a sudden, the two muscle-bound guys and this, like, chubby, bearded Guido with, like, aviator glasses come in. And they start giving Cody shit. And there's a lot of homophobic epitaphs in this this movie. I'm just going to warn you. Mm. Like, there's a lot of F-bombs and stuff and implications that people are gay. And then there's actually gay characters that are shown in a positive light. But that, that doesn't matter yet. <laughs> okay. So Cody leaves and the investor guy is like, make sure he leaves the property. So then they cut and Cody's on the highway in like the fucking desert. And these dudes like run him off the road. And it's like, fellas, like you were just supposed to get him off the property. Like he's obviously gone unless the property is the state of California. Like there's no need to harass him, but they pull him aside 
and then um he gets out of the car and he proceeds to like ninja fight the two muscle bound dudes um and kicks will hobbs in the face and kicks lou frigno in the dick and so they're both taken out temporarily but then like super mario he blindsides him and then everybody beats him up and then they like super mario has like a i don't know if you ever played if you remember metal gear solid but they had like the socom rifle like the weird looking rifle so super mario has one of them and proceeds to destroy cody's car like just shoots it all up and then they're like well i guess you're gonna have to walk so cody's like okay like i guess i'll walk so he just starts walking down the desert (laughs) and then super mario's like yoo-hoo come back we're not mad at you come on back and hang out and then i swear to god goes and just like screams like this like bellowing like bestial like roar for no reason and cody's just like i'm I'm already walking here in the desert i'm just gonna keep going so then cody eventually after like two minutes of walking um gets to a junkyard and there's a lady there and he says hey um can i get the cheapest ride you got and she's like i can give you a ride but it's gonna be on me and then she takes off her top <laughs> and right. then Cody gets a car and he's like narrating to himself. Cause I just saw his <laughs> pocket reporter. And he's like, boy, I just got raped for that car. Ha ha. Um, oh, so, he, so then um, you find out that they suspect that Stuart is doing whatever bad thing someone's doing because he's jealous because he found out that shane and his wife are having sex stewart's wife is the woman that cody took to the investor's house Mm. um and shane is having sex with everyone too just so you know um but it turns out that that's not true that stewart is gay and not only is he gay but he's transgender um or a cross-dresser as they call him Mm. and so shane drives stewart to the this country club called like the screaming peacock or something like that (laughs) okay and he like shane's like oh i'm sorry shane had sex with the sister the the daughter and took pictures and was blackmailing her and then shane's like stewart i got the pictures that show me on top of you blah 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 and stewart's like bitch do what you gotta do and then puts all his makeup on and is like this beautiful woman and gets out of the car and basically just like goes in um to this club so the funny thing about this guy, and I don't know, maybe funny is not the right word. Um, let me get his name right. Damn, there's so many people in this movie. <laughs> there's a lot of them. Uh, Michael Andrews was apparently like a like a drag queen champion or something. Like was mm-hmm. super famous on the drag circuit and was used in a number of movies playing a like playing a woman or playing a man Uh in drag um and had gotten like pretty i guess it like was like really notable as like being like an openly gay actor Mm -hmm. um and died shortly after he made this movie like he made i think one more movie after this and died and i really couldn't find a whole lot out about him so i'm gonna keep looking Hmm. um i had never remembered anything um he looks like a combination between peter laurie and 
Joe Johnson, the singer, the stepping out singer. Oh, okay, yeah. Like if you smush those two together, this is what um Stuart or Michael Andrews looks like as a man, and then mm-hmm. is like super beautiful as a woman. So it's um it's pretty crazy. Um, but it's interesting too. that they that they put him in to like this role, and they don't belittle the character or make it like a joke that he's a crossdresser. That's just what he is, and he's proud of it, and like the only person that tries to shit on him is basically like told we'll go fuck yourself like i don't care mm-hmm. um so i thought that was an interesting twist yeah but anyway uh so shane i'm trying to think how this happens so they have this party and at the party, Cody and the Contessa are there. And the Contessa's like, will you do some champagne with me? And Cody's like, no, I'm on duty, but I'll have some designer water. And the Contessa's like, mm, aren't you continental? Um, so then Shane is trying to get money from Stuart because it turns out that Shane has a gambling addiction. And this random, like, gangster is going to come, like, kill him if he doesn't pay up. So he's trying to shake Stuart down, and that's when Stuart's like, bitch, uh, like, I don't give a shit. Like, you go ahead and give him the picture. Gotcha. Like, I don't care. <clears throat> so Shane is also a fucking, like, creep who videotapes himself having sex with everyone or takes, like, secret pictures of him. Uh-huh. So he's got pictures of himself having sex with everybody. So there's he's in his house and he's got this like CRT set up and this person comes in wearing a nylon over their face and shoots him Hmm. and he falls down and as he's falling down he reaches into his like cabinet where the CRT is and takes a picture with his camera (laughs) and then puts the camera back and then you see the person walk over. And they take the videotape because Shane was watching a videotape of himself having sex with um, the other sister. There's another sister I forgot to mention. It's blonde. (laughs) Um, And takes the camera, but clearly takes like the wrong camera. Mm. Um, And then leaves. And and the next morning, like they find Shane. So they call the police. So, of course, Beverly comes out with her lieutenant. And she's like, oh, uh, Cody what are you doing here? And he's like, well, this is my case. And she's like, well, it belongs to the police now. So then they have the naked pictures from Shane and the detective is like naked pictures. It's what we call hard evidence. (laughs) Um, So then Oh my God, there's so much that happens. So then you find out that Cody has this phone sex operator that he calls to get messages to people. But the phone sex operator is always like telling Cody how much she wants to fuck him when he calls her to like, just, he's like, yeah, yeah, Doris, I know. Like, can you just give something? She's like, oh my God, you're so sexy. Um, so then Bev and Cody have to go. I swear to God, this movie's only like an hour and 40 minutes long and it's taken me that long to like describe it. Bev and Cody have to go to the beach house that they used to let Shane stay at to look for evidence. 
um, and they go there, but then the bad guy has sent two other thugs to go get Cody to kill him or to go get the evidence from there. I don't know. They sent him there for some reason. So they go to kill Cody and Bev, but Cody and Bev have already had sex at this point huh. in the beach house and they're in the shower and the one criminal comes in and here's the shower running. And my thought was they turned the shower on to like distract him to think they were in there. So then they could jump out behind him and shoot him. But Cody is wearing his holster across his dick. <laughs> and that's where his gun is. And Bev's got a gun and Cody shoots at the guy like with his, he's got this like 44 Magnum and misses completely. And then Bev kills him. And then they chase the other guy outside. And so the running joke in the movie, and I forgot about this part too, is that Cody is a terrible shot. Like he can't shoot anything with a pistol. Like he never hits anybody. Uh-huh. Um, so they chase this guy outside and then um, they go and do they kill him or does he get away? I can't remember. Something happens. So then um, he's going him and what does he have Bev do? Anyway, it, it, at the end result, like none of this shit matters. They're trying to figure out who killed Shane and they developed the film that was in the secret camera and it turns out that it was the dark-haired sister that was investing. So she gets arrested, but Cody's like, yeah, I know it's not her. Um, so then he is getting chased because he still has the film. He's got evidence. And so all of a sudden, Super Mario and Hobbs and um, Lou Ferrigno come back. And he goes to... And really, you need to watch this because I'm not doing this as much justice as I should be. So they go back to June Knocker's racetrack. <laughs> and the two muscle-bound guys are like, look, we we can't kill anybody. Like, we just got to get... We just got to get Abilene and then get out of here. And Super Mario's just like, woo-hoo-hoo! And he's like <laughs> shooting at everybody. And then it turns out that Super Mario has a live grenade, and they're like, "What the what? fuck? <laughs> like, we told you to stop bringing grenades. Like, you're you're crazy, Matt. Or, I, that's his name, Matt. Like, you're crazy. Like, put that grenade away." And he's like, "Hee-hee!" <laughs> and like chasing people around. And so they chase each other for what feels like forever, like hiding behind cars and stuff. So Cody runs up, and June Knockers is there, and Cody's like, "Get in the car." And she's like, let me drive. He's like, no, I'm driving. So then they start driving. So then she gets all turned on because speed makes her horny. And she, like, starts disrobing and trying to fuck him while they're driving away from these these people with guns, like, trying to kill him. And grenades. Yeah, well, nobody knows about the grenade except for the two muscle-man guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then they make this old man fly in a helicopter and chase him. And she's, like, trying to give, like, Cody a BJ and Cody's like I'm, I'm trying to save our lives and she's like I'm just so turned on so then they try and start shooting them but they can't for some reason I don't know why um so they drive and then they pull off the road and then they get out of the car and they run away and the helicopter is that what happens? 
I'm sorry. They stop the car and Mario is like, land this helicopter. We're going to get him. So they, they land the helicopter and they get out. And then they start the car and they hit Mario. And because he has a grenade, he blows up. Okay. So then they run out into the desert and they're getting chased by the two muscle bound guys. And they end up ambushing them and shooting them both. Mostly because June Knocker shows her boobs for like the 80th time in the movie. Hmm. And they all get confused and then they're able to take advantage of it. But Cody still can't shoot anybody, even at close range. June Knocker ends up shooting the one guy. Oh, maybe Cody does shoot somebody with a rifle. In any event, they incapacitate him. And then they go back. And so now everybody's in like the drawing room of the estate. Oh, and I forgot to tell you that the mother that like owns the mansion is handicapped and she's in a wheelchair. Okay. And there's no reason for that to happen except that it does. Like there's no explanation for it. It doesn't play any part. I thought she was going to actually be the killer and it turned out that she could walk hmm. like in that one movie um, that we watched. Right. But um, that's not true. She is handicapped. Okay. Differently abled, whatever. Um, so then it's the greatest part in the movie because it turns into an Agatha Christie hmm. thing where Cody then <laughs> describes the entire plot of the movie and how he knew that the daughter was innocent and it was somebody else that killed um, Shane. So what you find out is that the guy that she was investing with is some kind of like international I don't know, fraud expert or smuggler or something. I can't remember what the fuck he does. He's basically selling... So the whole thing is that someone is selling computer secrets to the Russians, but it's this guy is what's doing it. And the person that, that killed... That's what the plot of this movie was about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot <laughs> all about that. So it turns out that be, they they thought it was the daughter because... And I don't know, like, I, I, I hope that Arrested Development got this this joke from this movie that the Contessa took a picture of the daughter and put it over her face because she knew that Shane was a creep and had like cameras that would take pictures. <laughs> so she had to frame the daughter in order for Cody to find the truth that would exonerate the daughter, but would give her time to get out of the country because it turns out that she's actually a secret agent that works for the government. And she was told to kill Shane um, because he was selling secret to the russians too right something i don't know who, who fucking knows with this movie um hold on so shane figured all this out like no 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 shane's dead oh not shane i'm sorry um cody, cody. yeah cody's figured all this out and here's the funny thing is that is there like sir is, is there like that agatha christie scene where he's just like laying it all out so yes and so the greatest thing about about all of this is that while Cody is telling you what's happening, they're showing you scenes of what Cody is doing and like all these things happening. The problem is that Cody is like telling you details that he never could know happen. Like he talks about calling his phone sex operator and she's like naked at this point, like fondling her breasts while she's telling Cody how much she wants to have sex with him. And then he's like, I'm about to get on my boat. And she puts an admiral hat on. And it's like, how could she know? Like, she would not know, like, that Cody was, like, whatever. Like, she, she would not be that prepared. Right. And then he's like, I stopped at the gas station to get me a candy bar. 
and there's this woman there that was in the friggin gym earlier and he's like oh she's like oh i just want to have sex with you cody and he's like i got things to do but it's like everybody so it makes you wonder if any of that stuff is really true if not Hmm. cody's just like imagining all these things but anyway so he explains the whole thing with the contessa and she's like in another country and protected by the government and so um the other thing we gotta talk about too is the music in this movie is fucking amazing so it's always written for the movie and i i wish i could remember some line fuck i don't think i wrote any of them down it's country music and it's like what yeah orion said that it's bluegrass some of it so i guess like there was these these people that they hired to play music for this movie so <laughs> like this, i just imagine like the uh, obviously like it's stereotypical like miami vice type but you know like, no no it's <laughs> like that okay orion said that his bluegrass band used to play like one of the songs all the time but i don't remember what it's called <laughs> um so yeah so 100 percent. like if you have an hour and 40 minutes to spare and you have to be which anyone that listens to us should have to be i think just go watch fucking malibu express because it's amazing and it'll make you laugh really hard and it'll then lead you into the next movie we're going to talk about mm. malibu express is like a two on the spin sheet right like okay. i fucking love right. everything about it so i'm not going to go too in depth into this movie um i had friend of the podcast orion watch both of these movies this weekend um because this movie i think you really do need to experience a lot of it like cold um but there's the sequel to malibu express uh which is called hard ticket to hawaii um and stars rowdy abilene who is (laughs) cody's cousin but who also lives on the malibu express like he lives on the boat and the kayfabe explanation is that Cody was never cut out for like, you know, the private investigator life. So he went to become an actor. And what? so at one point, these two women who are clearly enamored with um, Rowdy Abilene, because Rowdy Abilene works for an organization called Lethal, which is like a government organization that mm-hmm. fights crime alongside the CIA. So these this woman has posters, and one of the posters that she's hanging up is a Malibu Express poster with Cody. And I said, what the fuck am I watching? And that's when they're like, oh, yeah, this is Rowdy's cousin. He became an actor. He was such a stud. And then the one other woman's like, I, if he was here right now, I'd get him first. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Because everybody just wants to fuck the Abilene's. Right, right. Um, sure. There's the Hard Ticket to Hawaii song was written for Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm not going to do this justice. You can listen to it on your own, but it's like, it's a hard ticket to Hawaii, but it's not always paradise. Um, The highlights from Hard Ticket to Hawaii are these two women, they operate a um, an air courier service called the Moloko Express. I guess Moloko is one of the islands of Hawaii. I don't know shit about Hawaii. Um, but one of them is a CIA agent and the other one is a woman who's in witness protection, who's assumed a new identity and her new identity is to be 
a woman that works with the CIA agent on this like charter service or whatever, like delivery service. So one of the things that they're delivering to the island is a, a newlywed couple and a snake. And the snake is um, this like specimen that I don't know, this preservation society is going to like examine it and show off or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it turns out there was actually two snakes and there's the normal snake. And then there is, and I quote, a snake that is infected with deadly toxins from cancer infested rats. So that's the bad snake. And that snake is a puppet that looks exactly like a puppet. It looks like the snake basically from like um, Snake Mountain, the He-Man toy, mm. um, except painted white. Um, so there's a lot of things that happen in this movie. And it's again, it's so is the snake the villain? Like, I don't know. No, no, the snake is just do sex machina. The villain is um, this guy, Seth who is a drug dealer and diamond smuggler um, and his cadre of idiots. Um, one of which whom is this floppy haired dude that wears like these Hawaiian like Zuba pants kind of, and he's a skateboarder. Um, <laughs> I'm, there's a scene where, so um, Rowdy Abilene and his partner, Jade and Jade is like a, um, kung fu expert with a ponytail and this movie does such a bad job of establishing like character that i thought that jade was rowdy and rowdy was jade for the first like two hours of this movie so Mm. and the movie's only an hour and 40 minutes long (laughs) um that's a joke i i figured it out like 45 minutes in um so anyway so there's this whole group of like nobody's who they seem and friggin Stuart is a cross-dresser again but he's the um uh, bartender at the bar and um the woman that owns the bar is really a double agent and she's trying to like spy on Seth but she can never spy on Seth because Stuart the cross-dresser actually works for Seth and keeps giving up all of her information that part's fucking fantastic um there's this dude Leslie who's the mater d that I thought was like the villain of the piece, but he's just a scumbag. Hmm. And he has a quote at one point where he says, you go down on her, you're going to be kissing the back of my head. Cause I'll already be there. If you know what I mean? <laughs> um, there's another quote where somebody's talking to um, this guy who's like a sports agent. And she says, you practically raped me last night. And he says, that was last night this is today let's talk business um my favorite quote was after the skateboard dude and his samoan brother um fail to get the diamonds because that's the whole thing is so seth has this remote control helicopter and it lands and the the door on it opens and there's two little tiny boxes inside and that's the diamonds and that's how he is smuggling from one island to another but then you find out that he actually is just on that island anyway like it's not even a different island it's the same island and the two idiots are supposed to be there to get it but then the two buxom blondes are there first and they manage to steal one and lose one and then (laughs) the one cia agent pulls a ninja star out of her like cowboy boot and throws it and it sticks in the snow and he's like and then he can't fight anymore um and then they just 
what do they throw at his they throw like a stick or something at the other guy and he falls over and he can't fight anymore either so seth is all pissed and that's when he utters my favorite line in the whole movie which is um if brains were bird shit you'd have a clean cage <laughs> um so a bunch of stuff happens and it's all really funny um is and... the snake ever appear again yeah yeah yeah. so okay at the end of the movie, well, towards the end of the movie, because there's like a coda that's all kind of, that's like 15 minutes long. <laughs> towards the end of the movie, um, they think that Seth is dead, but then Seth um, is actually in the one blonde woman's house, and they get in this fight, and they're fighting each other, and she thinks that she shoots him and kills him, but then like she just kind of like goes in the bathroom and sits next to the toilet, and then she's sitting next to the toilet, and she reaches up and is like jiggling the handle, and then she flushes it. And when she flushes it, these sparks explode and the snake pops out. <laughs> um, and she's like, ah! But then the snake jumps on Seth and kills him. And then, so Rowdy also cannot shoot a gun to save his life. Like, he can't aim and shoot a gun. Rowdy, however, has a um, RPG, like, rocket launcher. Oh. So, <laughs> the scene with the skateboarder. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rowdy and Jade have landed on the island. And they're riding in this Jeep, and they're going to go to um, Marianne's house, or whatever the fuck. And the skateboarder rides past him in, like, a Jeep, and they say something to him. And then the, the guy gets out and gets on the skateboard and is holding, I swear to God, like a blow-up sex doll in front of him, like a shield, kind of. <laughs> so then he's riding, and he has a gun. So Rowdy ends up something happens where he flips up in the air maybe they hit him with their car or something he flies up in the air and so rowdy pulls out this rpg and shoots one rocket which blows up the skateboard guy like he just explodes mm -hmm. and then shoots another rocket which hits this like flimsy like blow-up doll and it explodes <laughs> and then at the end that's what he uses to kill the snake he shoots the rocket mm. at like, like he's like two feet away from it and <laughs> hits it in the face and that explodes and he explodes <laughs> So what it turns out is that Seth was actually working for this guy called Chang. And Chang is described as a half-breed British Chinaman. Mm. Like, they're, they're you know, whatever. Right. Um, But he's just this dude. He's just like an old British dude. And so they get there and Rowdy and um, the blonde are like, all right, we got to go take this guy out. Everybody else stay here. And they're walking in, and he's like, I heard that his bodyguard is like a stone-cold killer and loves to torture people, and it's just this muscly guy. And so they get up there. So one of Seth's, like, hooligans had nunchucks, mm -hmm. but she never used them as nunchucks. She would just, like, hold them together, like, in one hand, so both chuck, like, in one hand. So okay. for some reason, the blonde has the nunchucks. So she just proceeds to like beat this man to death with these nunchucks. It's like bodyguard. So then Chang like stands up and there's some katanas on the wall behind him because Andy Sidaris doesn't understand like ethnicity. And mm -hmm. he takes the katana and he unsheathes it and then he holds it like you would hold a paper airplane. So if you can see my hands, like make a C with your hand and imagine the hilt of the katana is there. Okay. And he goes he throws it and then they both shoot him and he die oh no they both shoot him and she has um the magnum like what cody had in the previous movie uh -huh. and she shoots him so hard that he flies out the window <laughs> and falls to his death mm -hmm. 
And then, oh my God, what does he say? Something like, when I thought he was going to take the fall, I didn't mean that. I, whatever. I don't know. It was fucking Jade and his bad jokes. Um, so there's a couple other lines that I forgot from this movie that I wrote down that are amazing. Um, so at one point when Rowdy is talking to... So it turns out that Rowdy tricked the CIA agent blonde into staying there because he thought something like this might happen and he wanted her close. Okay. And she was like don't try and control my life. And he says, I don't want to control your life. I just want to suck the polish off your toes. <laughs> so obviously like that was super disgusting. To me. <laughs> right. And then they end up having sex and they're making all, so he's making these noises like, huh, huh, huh. And Rowdy is? Yeah, Rowdy. And okay. Jade and the other chick are watching a VHS tape in the other room and they're like oh listen to those noises oh, oh, oh and i thought they were gonna have sex but they never did because she's in love with this like sportscaster guy jimmy Jim, jimmy joe johnson who's interviewing people at the nfl meetings i swear to god that's not even a joke so they end up finished having sex and she's like um something something i can make your dreams come true and rowdy says one man's dream is another man's lunch which i didn't even understand but it was real funny and she goes you son of a bitch <laughs> one of the greatest exchanges in cinematic history um so yeah so hard ticket to hawaii also very enjoyable <laughs> hmm. i mean that, those fulfill this category yeah <laughs> Everybody's driving fast. There's all boobs all over the place. This is crazy. Funny, though, there's not as many boobs in Hard Ticket as there is. I mean, it's just like constant breasts in um, Malibu Express. And there's there's less. Like, they're more restrained in, um, in Hard Ticket. Which is funny because it has four different playmates listed here. So, here's what, here's what Andy Sedaris does. Andy Sedaris just like uses the same people over and over, but they tend to be different people in every movie. I feel, mm. um, because there's people that the, the next movie is called Picasso Trigger, and I'm saving that. That's, that's because, a fantastic title. Oh my god, you don't even know. And the <laughs> the reason it's called that anyway, I don't want to spoil nothing. Uh -huh. But, um, Picasso Trigger has even less boobs, because uh, <laughs> I think he was trying to like maybe kind of go like legit. But then I know because Andy Sidaris was like a mainstay of Cinemax in the 1990s. Like his movies were constantly on on Friday night on Cinemax. Like before they'd actually get to the real software, mm -hmm. you get an Andy Sidaris movie. Um, and there's definitely far more like, like when they get into like the real like Playmate Playmates um, in like the mid to late 90s, there's far more nudity than anything in these movies. But I guess maybe he was trying to make it a little more legit. Right. So, I don't know. Um, How many movies are there in that series? Eight, maybe? Oh, jeez. Something okay. like that. Right. Hold on. Let me, let me look up uh, Mr. Sidaris's old filmography. Six installment. Yeah, I'm trying to go through here. That does not seem like it's triple B. 
I can just tell you because I've seen all of them at some point. Tenth installment in the Triple B series is the Dallas Connection. Yeah, but he didn't direct that. Oh, okay. Um, Malibu Express, Hard Ticket to Hawaii, uh, Picasso Triggers, Savage Beach, Guns, Do or Die, Hard Hunted, Fit to Kill, and then Enemy Gold and Dallas Connection. Hmm. Um, and then there's a movie called Day of the Warrior, which I don't know if that's part of it, that I've never seen. And then a movie in 98 called Lethal Ladies Return to Savage Beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcus, Bag- Marcus Bagwell's in that movie. Oh, yeah, because he's he's in Day of the Warrior. I did see that picture when I was looking at it. I've never, I'm excited to watch those. <laughs> um, yeah, Bullets, Bombs, and, and Boobs. Yeah, it's the last one. And then he died. The guy that the, starred in um Hard Hard Ticket to Hawaii, Ron Moss, says Rowdy. Um, he's really well known um soap opera world because he was on the Bold and Beautiful for like thirty years as like the lead character. I wanna let you know, without spoiling anything, uh-huh. that the lead actor in Picasso Trigger mm-hmm. is uh Travis Abilene. Oh, Oh shit! It's another Abilene. That's nothing but Abilene. Everybody, everybody actually knows that actor, though, even if they don't know the Bold and Beautiful or Hard Ticket to Hawaii, because he actually was a guitarist and vocalist for Player, and he is doing the background vocals on Baby Come Back. Baby Come Back. You can blame it all on me. That's, that's my that's my Ron Ron Moss um everything about That's my grandmother you. used to watch the bowling beautiful oh this is the one i i've seen this one a ton guns that's the eric estrada one mm. oh bruce penhall comes back that's a plus <laughs> donna oh, spear jesus i <laughs> this is all on you man like um i'm not i'm not forcing anything this year um Oh, Danny Trejo's in that one. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, I've I've, if, I've if, definitely if, seen this movie. If you complete a series, it's not going to be on me this year. No, that's good. I mean, th- th- this one is is super enjoyable. Like this is <laughs> worth watching. <laughs> what I I I found the buddies super enjoyable to listen to. So, but you didn't watch them. I did not. I did not. All right, so we have more Abilene, maybe at some point. <clears throat> Actually, I there's like three categories. I just realized that probably fits into. <sighs> okay, sound fun? Yeah, I mean, I actually I might actually watch like Arctic Hawaii. You should watch. You got to watch Malibu Express. Yeah, yeah. You really need to watch Malibu Express first because it really sets up a lot of things. <laughs> Okay, and I don't even mean that facetiously. I mean, there's things that are referenced in Hard Ticket to Hawaii, and I've explained it all to you. So, right, right, yeah. you would have no idea what the fuck. I, I, I think I, dude, I listen to you, and I still don't know if I fully like grasp like what's what's happening in these. Like, I mean, I get what you were saying. I understood the words coming out of your mouth, but I don't know if I, I don't think I had an image of like what is happening, really. I literally just watched these movies in the past two days and I can't piece together what happened (laughs) 
in either one of them. Orion's probably going to be super angry because he's going to be like, "Oh, you missed this part and this part." Right. But it's one of those things where, like, it's it's hit, everything's hitting you so fast. Like things happen. There's this there's a sequence in Hard Ticket to Hawaii where Jimmy Joe Johnson is interviewing the quarterback and wide receiver for the, the Dallas Rawhides or something. They don't use the Cowboys, right? And they just start dropping the N word repeatedly, like Whoa. on this live radio broadcast. Jesus. So that Jimmy Joe Johnson will lose his job, and then he thinks he has, but then it turns out the satellite feed cut out, and then they never re- reference it again. Hmm. And Jimmy Joe Johnson just has sex with the other girl. Um, that's the one that's in love with him. Yeah, they're in love with each other. No, oh, okay. Jimmy Joe Johnson. Jesus. All right. Yeah, yeah well, I'll so watch him. No. Andy Sidaris, man, he's a treasure. Andy Sidaris is one of those dudes that I don't know. There's a really expensive book about like his movies mm-hmm. that's out of print, but I don't know that he gets any like real respect. Hmm. And he's one of those guys where it's like, was he making good movies? It's like, no, of course not. Like not by any like real measurable standard, but man, this dude puts so much effort into like these stories and these characters. And I, it's like, it's just like the buddies, except, you know, you can never show it on Disney. Like, you know that, like, this guy has this whole kayfabe universe mm-hmm. of people, like, in his head that he was just putting in movies. And they're all related. The Abilines are, are like, these fucking studs. I don't know what happened to that family, because I didn't see any Abilines after. But, um... Right. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I I think like next to people like Stuart Gordon and Roger Corman and Charles Band and I don't know, like he's he he definitely belongs there as being somebody that definitely created his own universe, really, and sort of stuck with it. So, yeah, it looks like uh, Donna Spear returns as Donna, unless it's a different Donna character. Maybe. Oh no, point. no, it's it's still Donna. I'm sure. Still Donna. Okay. Mm. Oh. All right, you ready to find out what you're doing next week? Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. All right, you never know what you're getting, Frank. I wouldn't get to. I know I'm not excited. <laughs> Let's see. Maybe come back. Any kind of fool would see. category is the full nelson which is just a fancy title for a judd nelson movie but i can't watch a wrestling movie nope it's a judd nelson movie what if i've seen every judd nelson movie you have not seen every judd nelson movie you don't know what i haven't ever seen everyone always assuming oh yeah there's already like four There's a lot of things that you don't know exist, I think, probably. <laughs> Starring Judd Nelson. This is a guy that we'll never talk about ever again. After this, probably. We might be doing Breakfast Club someday. But you never know. How do you feel about Breakfast Club? It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did 
there looks like there's some fun John Nelson movies though. <clears throat> well, fun for me maybe. Uh, I wish I had never watched Steel so I could watch Steel again. Oh, Judd Nelson, what's going on here? I would love to watch that movie for the first time. I've never seen it. What, what is that? I should write a card and make you watch Steel. You already seen it. Yeah, but we've already we've already established that I don't care. What? I don't know what you're talking about. I just I just did a movie like two weeks ago that I've seen before. Yeah. But it was like close to the episode, right? Still. Yeah, well, this is... You didn't see it, like, ne- t- 15 years ago, and then, like... Well, I haven't seen Steel since 1997, like, 1998. But I'm saying, you watched that a long time ago. It wasn't the movie you did a couple weeks ago, like, just something you watched in the past couple months and then repurposed for The Spin Chagrin? No, I haven't seen that movie in a long time. You yeah. talking about the Candy Snatchers? Yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen yeah. it. Okay. I bought it on DVD recently mm. and was trying to find like some way to shoehorn it in and then you just Jesus, gave it to me. Jesus Christ. Fucking Judd Nelson has a movie that has not been released yet that is completed and not released called The Most Dangerous Game. This is 2022 that it was filmed. And it's fucking Tom Berenger, Judd Nelson, Bruce Dern, and Casper Van Dien. In That's 2022. Awesome. Yes. Yes. Fucking hell. Um the guy that wrote and directed it doesn't have a Wikipedia entry. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many like when when Nelson like just I guess fell off the face of the earth um after from the hip. There's so many things in the 90s where it's like they're all like these like look like awful thrillers. They were probably on Cinemax or Showtime or some shit. Blindfold acts of obsession. Oh, that originally aired on US. Oh man, Bruce Stern is in this movie too. Which one? In the most dangerous. Yeah, 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 I said Bruce Stern. Did you? Mm -hmm. I only heard Chris C.T. Tamborello. Oh, that's the star of it? Casper Casper Van Dien. Uh-huh. Character name in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> is is Baron Von Wolf. Yes. Is this available anywhere? It says it was released on digital platforms in August of 2022. Um... Oh, it's on Tubi. <laughs> <laughs> and Voodoo and Amazon Prime and Pluto TV. <laughs> it's pretty much everywhere for for yeah. free. Oh, gotta get, gotta get that, gotta get that, uh, gotta get that 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 Judd out there. <laughs> you know, you know, it's fucked up. I hope I remember that it's Judd Nelson, and I don't start watching Judge Hurst movies <laughs> or Judge <laughs> Reinhold. <laughs> hey. Don't don't start watching Judge Reinhold movies. <clears throat> My name is Judge. Hmm. <laughs> All right, so 
do you want to talk about uh subs and sandwiches tonight yeah 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 big category gigantic category just like the subs i eat <laughs> what's your favorite su- what's your favorite sub place non-local like first there is a place i think it's called jim's anyway it's up in uh, marcus hook pennsylvania mm-hmm. um they have the best subs in the world yeah why just or or actually um that's not true the best subs in the world are at the pensacon market at the um italian sub shop that's up there Mm. pensacon new jersey um that place has the most amazing subs like Hmm. in the universe okay um their lunch meat is fresh and delicious um they use really good, like authentic, like spice capicola and like prosciutto and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, their toppings are always fresh. They have a nice um, oil and vinegar mix that they'll put on it for you. Um, I don't know. It's just they're just perfect subs. Okay. The Italian sub is, in my opinion, the pinnacle of, of the sub, like the cold sub. Like everyone should eat an Italian sub. Just in. From that place or in general? Is that like your general opinion? It's in general, yeah. It's it's okay. it's hard to fuck up an Italian. I okay. Think. Okay. Like other subs can be kind of like okay, not so great in this conversation. Okay. Um, yeah. Like there's certain subs that I I feel are like beneath contempt. All right. For the most part, but uh, I mean, like the Italian sub is is an amazing sub. All right. What's the next sub after Italian sub? Give me top three subs. General. Not specific to a place, then. So no, like specialty subs that only exist in like one or two. Like right, right, place. yeah. General. Um, for cold subs, it would be Italian one. Um, I'm gonna say a Thanksgiving sub because I feel like enough places make that that it's not just like one place. Like a lot of places have a Thanksgiving sub, so roasted turkey. Um, stuffing cranberries on a roll. What we call it, Bobby? Bobby, but it's also called a Randy some places. And okay, all right, I got you. Bobby right. calls it a gobbler. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got yeah. you. Yeah. So it, it exists a lot of places. Be yeah, a Bobby. Yeah. Um. So that's number two. Uh huh. And then I would say either like a tuna salad sub or maybe a roast, like another like like a like a southwest turkey you know or like where it's like turkey and pepper jack cheese and like a spicy aioli and Hmm. uh, maybe bacon on it okay there's a few places that make something like that but probably Hmm. tuna salad is is my third choice i think tuna salad is a pretty universally like good sub choice most places like will make a decent tuna salad at least okay all right so where do i want to go with this next all right so you said like non-locally what about like locally to our kind of like area in terms of cecil county maryland like you know newcastle delaware like chester Um, pa like you know like all those areas capriati's is maybe Capriati's would at one point have been like my number one without any doubt, but I feel like Capriati's is really pared down on their meat. Like okay. 
quantity recently. Um, we have a local like boutique sub shop called um, uh, Stackers Deli, which is in the town of Northeast. That's amazing. Like their food is mm. absolutely like it's 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 the best like sub shop around here. But it's just way too expensive. Like you're you're gonna pay you know like forty dollars for two subs at that place. Really? I mean, it's Jeez. delicious. Oh yeah, I never it's, had it's it. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's super delicious and it's definitely like their food is really good. They have really good chili. Like it's just a good sub place in general. Mm -hmm. Um, but very expensive. It's, I, I feel like it's a lot of the same things that the New York grocery used to make or the Northeast grocery used to make, mm -hmm. but they just charge a lot more money for it. Gotcha. Um, Bigfoot subs are really good. That's in rising sun in Oxford. Um, Connie's, uh, well, Connie's is more for fried chicken, but. Um, yeah. Lena's in Elkton. Lena's is fantastic. When Does Lena can... still exist? Yeah, somebody else bought it, and I think they're actually open a little later now, but they still don't have like normal operations. They're still open from like 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. or something like that. When I was going to Lena's, Lena's was open from 9 a.m. to noon. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, it's always you... something like ridiculously short hours, like always <clears throat> at that place. Huh. Um, All right. Next question I have for you is that is that like your like primary local places? Um. Yeah. All right. So, well, you already mentioned a chain. Like, so in terms of Capriotis, is Capriotti still your like go to chain? Do you like do? You, are there any other chains that you think are worth it for like subs like whatsoever? Yeah, so Claymont Steak Shop I could consider a chain, and their subs are really good. Okay. Yep. Um, I know there's more than one Primos. I don't know if Primos still exists, but Primos up in Claymont, Delaware. Um, really delicious subs, but the hardest bread on the planet. Like, their bread is, like, like will cut your teeth. But, like, when you can bite through it, what's inside is amazing. Hmm. Um, I actually think casinos makes really good subs okay um i prefer casinos hot subs to their cold subs but i think their subs in general are, are good and price wise like they're pretty fair um i'm not a fan of pets and i'm not a fan of seasons okay what about um what about the most sub of all subs like um subway subway is fucking disgusting you know I'm glad you brought this up. <laughs> Subway smells like fucking mildew every time you walk in it. Like their fresh baked bread smell is just trash. It's the worst. And they're not even like super cheap anymore. Like back in the day, you know, the whole appeal of the Subway was the $5 foot long. Mm -hmm. You ain't getting that shit no more. You're still paying like $10, $11 for a sub. Yeah, and you know that nobody's washing their hands back there. They're just rubbing their fucking grimy Ooh. fingers all over your cucumbers. Ah. Fuck a subway. Okay. Any place that's gonna serve me food in a fucking Walmart is trash. <laughs> subway. You know what's funny is that Subway was the first thing I ate in Thailand. Every time. You yeah, you did tell me that. Yeah, you mentioned when that. my plane landed. It, it was, was the like, airport, right? Yeah, it was like eleven forty-five at night, so mm -hmm. nothing was open in um, Swanapum Airport. Mm -hmm. So um, we were looking around, and there was 
what was it? There was like a like a coffee place that had like croissants and stuff. And then there was a Burger King and then there was Subway. And she was and Tanya was like, you know, do you like Subway? And I was like, yeah, I'll try some Thai Subway. And I'm not going to lie to you. It was by far like a much better sandwich construction than what we get here. Mm-hmm. Um, just in terms of like the freshness of the vegetables yeah. and stuff. Did it smell like it was, mildew? No, no, no. It, it didn't. It was everything's super clean over there. I don't know. It's not at all what you would expect. Um, maybe it is what you would expect. I, don't, I didn't know what to expect. So I was right, surprised right. by how clean everything was, but um no i mean it, it wasn't anything great but it was like very satisfying after traveling for sure 24 hours sure. straight yeah i mean you, you could have you could also be overrating it potentially just because of the feeling and the experience of everything like too potentially like you know getting off the plane like oh yeah her, like yeah. you know like all seeing that her stuff. for the first time right. absolutely so it's being like in all a that stuff yeah foreign asian country for the first time it sure. was um yeah, it was it was it was quite the but Subway is fucking trash, even though I have like some nostalgia in my heart now for Subway. You know, I used to love Subway when when we were kids, mm-hmm. there was a Subway that was on um, Bridge Street in Elkton. Right. And I used to work at the public library, so I would get like 30 minutes for lunch, but I could stretch it to 40, 45. So I would drive to Subway and get their seafood salad sub, which was yep. like imitation crab meat and mini shrimp. Yes and fucking delicious man it was such a yeah. good sub and it was like so cheap and it was so filling and amazing and then i got you would stop it. at sucky right like um sicko like and get something too usually wouldn't you do that or was that during oh your break? yeah yeah yeah. no 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 um well, well it depended on if i felt like driving to subway because sometimes i would just walk up to the sucky sicko because you could go up the side next to where the fence is and let's just like walk up from the back door of the library like the secret library break room mm-hmm. um i would buy um wild bill uh which is a That's jerky right. company yeah. and i would buy wild bill's jerky chew yeah which was a little plastic um round container that looked like a like a a, a tin of snuff or whatever a tin of like chew uh-huh. and had shredded beef jerky inside and you could take uh-huh. a pinch of the shredded beef jerky and put it in your cheek and you would get this like delicious smoky jerky flavor in your mouth for like three or four minutes until the thing just like yeah. dissolved with your saliva i think he's legit like the only reason i remember this is because you talked about it like a couple months ago um somehow, somehow that subway seafood sandwich came up like during a food shot i think Mm. um all right so i'm gonna talk about it forever you mentioned general non-specialty subs what about specialty subs that you can think of that are my favorite specialty sub of all time um was from a place that's called amalfi now but Mm -hmm. used to be called oh heavenly deli which was in suburban plaza in uh, new york delaware yeah and oh heavenly deli had a sub called the oh heavenly Mm-hmm. And the Oh Heavenly sub was a Italian grinder, so just like a toasted Italian sub, but they would put um like a spicy marinara in it, but the spicy marinara was cold. I don't know how they did it, but they would like somehow the melted cheese was on top of that sub, but you would bite into it, and the spicy marinara would be like cold in the middle of it. Mm. 
and the combination of like the toasted like meats and cheese and vegetables and bun with this chilled like delicious like perfect like tomato sauce in the middle was amazing hmm. the oh heavenly here's a here's an embarrassing fact i got super bad diarrhea from the oh heavenly sub one time <laughs> um is this before like a gp or something like it was that? you and i had gone out yes. because we were looking uh-huh. for i think we we're just trying to kill time but we were also looking for like karaoke cds because there was a karaoke machine at gp that night Jesus. yeah so we had driven up to kirkwood highway to disco round and best buy to see if yeah. we could find karaoke yeah. cds and on our way back we stopped at suburban plaza for oh heavenly because of course it's mm-hmm. like we're not gonna eat until six o'clock at night we got to get some food in this because we're right. both fat fucks so we got the oh heavenly and i got home i can't remember where i was living at the time i feel like that's when i was living in um the meadows and rolling I think that's correct yeah yeah. I just remember like I had to go buy Pepto Bismol and <laughs> chug it because I was shitting forever. And oh. I was like, I'm not gonna be able to go to GP. What am I gonna do? But right. then I made it. it was fine. And then I got super drunk, I'm sure. And right. Vomited right. so hard. Sure. Um I would like to be able to pinpoint which one that was. Um which GP? Point, it was a yeah. it was a summer, it was a warm GP. Right. Yeah. I would oh. say seven maybe yeah it might be seven huh. that feels uh, yeah, right. we'll have to figure that out um at some point all right so any other specialty subs you can think of um or is it just all about the O heavenly the O heavenly is amazing uh there's stackers actually has a spice and i we were just talking about cold subs but i'll talk about some hot subs too stackers has a spicy um pizza sub Mm -hmm. that also has it's a cheesesteak but it's a pizza steak right okay um but it's pepper jack cheese and it's a spicy tomato sauce on it that's amazing Mm. um there's a thanksgiving sandwich that uh, um shell hammers makes Mm. because they fresh roast all their turkey and they make their, their stuffing from scratch and their cranberry sauce from scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, that thing is fucking delicious. Uh, I don't know specialties. I mean, I'm a pretty I'm a pretty simple guy. Like, if I'm not getting an Italian cold cut, I'm probably going to get a cheesesteak or a chicken cheesesteak. Mm-hmm. If I'm getting a sandwich, mm-hmm. I don't really do a whole lot of like paninis or rustics or you know what i mean like sure yeah i like i like the classics i mean we grew up getting um um we we i grew up getting subs from like um the north point uh, farmer's market they had a sub shop and we had a bunch of sub shops around us when i lived in baltimore so like i don't know the only thing that I don't like about an Italian sub is if you ever catch an unclean man in the summer who has no deodorant on and it's just like sweated all day, mm-hmm. they will smell like an Italian sub and it's super off-putting. I can see that. Yeah, I, it's, I mean, it's, that's not... it's very upsetting. Like, Yeah, it's like, not shocking watch, to me. Wash yourself, you goddamn scumbag. Stop ruining my subs. Um, yeah, and, and and a good Italian with like white white onions. I can't stand red onions on a sub, but white onions. Okay, oh, okay. So, so 
Stop. No, no, no. You're jumping ahead. All right. No, I have no, a question no. here, right? You described, I want you to tell me what is on the perfect Italian sub. Oh, I'm, I'm ready for it. You ready? I, I am ready. You're just trying to go into business for yourself. I'm always in business for myself, <laughs> motherfucker. Um, you always criticize me for not having questions. So and it's then... a standard sub roll, mm -hmm. uh, soft. I like a soft roll. Okay. You don't want toasted. Um, what about if heated? it's a grinder, it's different. But I don't want a grinder. I just want to. I'm just telling you a a sub, like okay. a regular, like cold mm -hmm. cut. Um, little bit of mayonnaise, salt, pepper, oregano, uh, capicola, salami, sandwich, pepperoni, and then, um, maybe prosciutto, but I don't need prosciutto. Um, but some other kind of like spiced ham is good. Then if they're really fresh, crisp dill pickles, that's fine. But otherwise I don't want pickles. Mm -hmm. Um, onion. And then if it's fresh sliced tomato, not like the wilty ass, like been sitting mm -hmm. in the mise en place for like six hours tomato, I want tomato. And then I want provolone cheese. And before you put the provolone cheese on, like on top of the onion and tomato, I need a blend of just a little bit of red wine vinegar and olive oil squirted on top of that. And then you put the cheese on. And when you pick up that sub, that sub is perfection. That's an amazing, okay. amazing sandwich right there. Oh my God. That is like all the best flavors in the world, like together. Uh, God, I want Italian sub so bad right now. <laughs> I don't, I'm not even like a big sub person, but it's like, I want an Italian sub right now. Um, so. Oh, where was it? What was it going to be? Okay. So you talked about like places like not, using as much meat right like capriati's in particular yeah. capriati's right so like how much meat are we talking because here is a problem that i had what's the fucking place um over behind the heights where the liquor north store si is north side north side so north side subs right like the at the at the deli My my family loved those subs, right? I could never stand them because you would have the sub and you'd have the roll. And sticking out of the side of the roll would just be this, like, excess of cheese and meat. And it disgusted me. It was too much meat on the sub. And wait, what do you do with that excess? It's just like hanging out of the roll. Like, it doesn't work if you tuck it in. Uh, you're making it too easy. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta stop. <laughs> um, but seriously though, like, what, like, how much meat is like, is if it's overflowing off the roll? Is that like, like how I don't know how to define it, but it's like. What is the what is the best ratio of cheese to meat? You want everything to hit the end of the roll and not come over. I mean, right. that's that's the way. Do you know what I'm talking about with the north side? 
I have only had a north side sub like once ever. Mm, I okay. I kind of no more than that. Maybe like two or three times. Mm. I I kind of know what you're talking about. Yeah. Here's what I'll say. Like you open the roll up. You don't want to split the roll. Like you still need like a connection between the two halves of the roll. Mm-hmm. But if you open it up and you you cut it right, you can lay it flat. And then you start maybe like a quarter inch from the end of one roll. And you do, you know, your spread, whatever that spread is. So for me, it's a little bit of mayonnaise and then salt, pepper, oregano. Mm-hmm. And then I want one layer of whatever, something. Let's say it's your spice tan. And that goes from a quarter inch from the end of one roll to the quarter inch to the other. Then pepperoni on top of that, then salami on top of that, then my capicola, right? Mm-hmm. Then I have an ice pocket to put my condiments in, like or my toppings. So for me, it's like tomato, onion, pep, pickles. Mm-hmm. And again, you're keeping it from the end of the roll. And then you do your squirt and then you put your cheese on top. And if you've done it right, when you close that, the cheese is perfectly aligned with the curve of the roll. So when you take a bite of it, nothing is poking out anywhere. Like everything is just like mm-hmm. flush with the ends of the entirety of the sandwich. And you're eating every every bite contains the same taste so you don't have like an uneven spread of like flavor like everything is all together in every bite and you can just eat it like that mm-hmm. if they're if, if they're sticking meat over the side they're just trying to trick you what they're doing is they're just pushing that shit out so it makes it seem like there's more meat on there but it's just making it more difficult to eat like i don't want to like bite like a bunch of loose ass fucking um you know, meat sticking out the end of my bun. I, I want to like have everything in one cohesive bite as I eat the entire sandwich. Okay, quick round. If you could only choose between oil or vinegar, vinegar, hundred percent. Okay. Um, I actually, I actually said I get oil and vinegar, but if I have the option to only get vinegar, I do that. But a lot of places have um, sub spread or sub sauce or whatever they call it. That that's like their their own thing. And it's usually oil and vinegar mixed with um, like a blend of seasonings, like Italian seasonings. But vinegar, if I'm choosing, maybe like, maybe for my last question. When I order the Wawa sub, for instance, mm-hmm. um, what's the what? Hold on, like what kind of? We haven't talked about Wawa. Oh, I right. order an Italian from Wawa. Okay, that's it. That's all you order. Yeah, and actually, the Wawa Italian has another thing that I love on an Italian sub, but not every place has it. So I can't most, always get most it. overrated sub. What do you hate? Tell me the sub that you that you don't like. Did you only like the idea of? That's a hard question. Like from a specific place or just no, in general? Sub? Just in general. Um, I cannot stand a fake cheesesteak. Like. I need. I don't know what that means, but go ahead. Pat's Pizza has a fake cheesesteak. Pat's Pizza's cheesesteak is disgusting because they used hunk hunks of steak instead of hunk like of, yeah. like finely chopped steak. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I want some like ground ass shit. Like in my sub, I don't want some hunks of shit. And that's why their fucking chicken cheesesteak is the most disgusting thing ever. Because all it is is their goddamn grilled chicken, yeah, chopped into hunks. Yeah. Yeah. and then coat it with cheese and it's like fucking like it chokes you as you eat it because there's these huge <laughs> chunks of fucking chicken 
like stuck in your mouth. <laughs> they are stuck in your mouth and in your teeth. Um, it's awful. It, it's like it's the most uncomfortable, disgusting sub to eat. And I never understand. Like I, I will try and talk to people out of ordering a Pat's cheese chicken cheese steak <laughs> if I can do it. And some people are like, "Oh, it's the best chicken cheese steak." And I'm like, "You're a fucking heathen. Like, what do you know? Like, you don't know anything." It's true though. All right. What is a lunch meat, deli meat, that you're just not down with? Low-sodium turkey breast is a waste of time. Why? Because the only thing that makes turkey breast taste good is, is salt. Like, salt brings the flavor out of turkey breast. Mm-hmm. And if you're inherently eating turkey breast with no salt, you're just eating, like, fucking fibrous wet paper or something i don't know like there's no point in it it's it's terrible will you always go high end with a lunch meat if you buy it get lunch meat from the store oh no some of the cheap lunch meats are amazing like what uh food lions crack black crack black pepper ham like their store brand Mm -hmm. is fucking delicious like it's Mm -hmm. some of the best they cut it like perfectly thick like they're not it's not like super thin but it's not like these big fat whatever mm-hmm. oh i have another lunch meat that i hate but let me finish talking about uh-huh. lunch meats um really all of their like their their pepperoni their salami um their spiced ham what about turkey turkey breast they have a good um it's not it's like slimy a, no no it's like a smoked black pepper turkey breast it's really good Okay. Now you can't let that shit sit around for too long. Like you only oh, get like, course, right? Yeah, like a half a pound, and then eat it. Sure. Oh, and Dietz and Watson makes a good turkey breast. That's really good, and it's not slimy. It's um, you can you can buy it and eat it for a week, and it's it's still like dry to the okay. touch when you take it out. Right. It's good. Okay. Let me tell you the most overrated lunch meat. I okay. just thought of this fucking uh-huh. lunch meat that I hate. Uh huh. Motherfucking roast beef. <laughs> roast I, beef is disgusting. somehow I knew it. I fucking knew it. I. I should have said it before you said if it. If you roast a beef and you slice it, uh-huh. it's one of the greatest things on the earth. It's the most delicious shit. Roast beef lunch meat is like you can feel your teeth like tearing the tendons of some animal. <laughs> like it's so fucking gross. Uh-huh. And it it just it's another one that just chokes you. Like you're eating a roast beef sandwich. You're getting like a pound of roast beef in your mouth all at once because you know we're not like fucking beasts of the wild like we don't have these like tearing and ripping teeth that can like shred roast beef in our mouth so you take a bite and like all of a sudden that bites like three bites and then the next thing you know half the sandwich is in your fucking cheeks and you're trying not to like die Mm -hmm. but the caveat to that is a really good open face roast beef sandwich is one of the greatest things on the planet it is like with with good gravy but then again that's like a pot roast that someone has sliced and put on your plate not some fucking jank ass lunch meat that's trying to kill you hate roast beef (laughs) i like Um, london broil is much better and but you're like you're talking like roast beef you get for like five dollars a pound and london broil is like fifteen dollars a pound but it's so worth it because if you really want to have like good beef lunch meat that's mm -hmm. the way to go I mean, I I remember I can't even remember where it was at. I remember I had a roast beef, like 
sandwich kind of i can't remember what kind of roll it was on with like some thousand island dressing and some horseradish and i can't remember what type of cheese but it was good like um i think there's good roast beef sandwiches but um i think i, I understand what you're saying about the, but the i think the that tendons, roast, like i think that roast beef is i don't think that it's i don't think it's roast beef like what I think it's roast beef that's cut off of a roasted like shank of beef or something, not mm. like a lunch meat. Okay, so I, I love how the rapid fire around is is like turning into like its own discussion. Best use of capicola and on Italian sub. That's it. Yes. Okay. What else do you use it on? I don't know. I, you I thought just you might it. have your. I just eat. I it. thought your Dago ass would like have like you know like some kind of special use. No, you roll it up in a tube and you eat it. Maybe you put a piece of provolone in the middle and you like eat it like you know delicious. But okay, Capicola on an Italian sub is like it, it, any place that doesn't use Capicola on their Italian subs is a fucking scam. <laughs> Best type of ham lunch meat deli meat. That's not Capicola because that's the answer. Yes, for right. At Martin's um, sells a boar's head um, rosemary ham that it's like uh, has like a hint of rosemary and like the edges of it. I guess mm-hmm. like when they when they smoke it and cook it, they like coat the outside with rosemary. Mm-hmm. That shit is fucking delicious. I know that's kind of a specialty thing because it's like one company, but right. it's really fucking good. And then after that, um, I like a good uh, like black forest ham or like a cracked black black pepper ham or that's good ham. Um, sometimes like a sweet Virginia baked ham can be really good as a lunch meat. Sure. Um, I like black forest ham. I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of ham. Okay. <laughs> um, ham's good. Yeah, I agree. Um, best use of pastrami. Um, you put it in the trash can and pretend like you never ate it. I don't know. Oh, so there's other there's other meats like things. Pastrami's like. just pastrami's just fucking like fake me out roast beef. I hate pastrami. I don't hate pastrami. <laughs> All right, I'm 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 gonna back it up a little bit. <laughs> I don't think pastrami is disgusting. I just think that if you're going to eat a sandwich, there's so many better things you can put on it than pastrami that you're just wasting your time. Mm. Like if the only sandwich that's there has pastrami on it, sure, whatever, that's fine. Like you're in like some kind of like New York deli and they have this famous pastrami on rye or whatever. Okay, I'm sure that's a, a good sandwich. But like, if I'm going to the store to buy my groceries, and I obviously don't go to the store to buy my groceries, I make someone else do it. But mm-hmm. if I'm going to like buy groceries, I am never buying pastrami. Mm-hmm. What about pastrami on a pizza? That's that a fucking disgusting. <laughs> Who the fuck does that? People in New York do it. No, no, no. No, that's our that's people. Why, that's that's why it's our people. 
that's why are doing it. What Italians? Yes. No, that's fucking ridiculous. That's why every disaster movie you see starts with New York being destroyed. <laughs> Because they're asking for it by putting pastrami <laughs> on a fucking pizza. Some dude that looks and acts like Dan Aiello and like do the right things, just like fucking making sure. Yeah, he's like, hey, pizzas. hey, I'm trying to eat my pastrami pizza here. Earthquake, and then he's dead. And then we can get to the rest of the movie. <laughs> All right, so where John Cusack is driving a van across a crumbling. I got I got landscape two I got two work questions for you. One, how do you feel about a non-traditional role like, you know, like in the sense of like what about like rye? Like, you know, Oh, I like, love rye. Yeah, so what what I have, goes good? I have, what goes I good? have rye I have rye bread and wheat bread on my counter right now. Um yeah, what's rye, rye is of course you do. That's not that kind of rye. And I have that rye on my counter too, but <laughs> Um, I like rye with uh, ham and cheese. Um, usually like a milder cheese, like mm-hmm. a white American or a Swiss. Uh huh. Um, I don't like rye with like a sharp cheese. I think like a mild cheese with like a little bit of mayo, a little bit of traditional like yellow mustard. Um, and then maybe turkey, maybe ham. Uh, is pretty good on rye. Um, and then if you got to eat pastrami, you got to eat pastrami on rye because that's just what it goes with. So, oh fuck, we got to talk specifically about cheeses at some point. What's yes. conversation you can't have? Uh, I can have a little bit of it. You don't know nothing about depends. Cheese. I, I I was a fucking expert in cheese. <laughs> what at one point in <laughs> at one point, hey hey hey, zip it. <laughs> I was an expert at one point in my life. On cheese, okay? obviously not. That's one of the reasons. Eat them. No, it was because I was so good at it. You were so bad at it. I, was, I could have been a contender. Um, I was I mean, so I'd... good at cheese at one point that I ate so much of it that I fucked my body up when I stopped, and I can't eat it anymore. Listen. I had a I had a a guy who understood food science from the army explain it to me oh my and, god and i explained to you the fucking anyway <laughs> and of like what happened to me and and but i can still eat some real cheese and it's getting better over time you, you can eat any cheese you want no i can't well uh, i mean like well, not without I, repercussions i so, never so so this. so okay so anyway psychosomatic Psycho- it's right so anyway, I'm just saying, I, I'm going to write it down on the master list, um, which is just a um, post-it note that I keep things on for the podcast of cheese at some point. Um, so you said b- before we started this three mm. hours ago, mm. um, you're going to tell me, as someone who can't eat a lot of cheeses, What's the sub for me? Make me a sub that I can eat. Well, you just, assuming that you believe in my lactose. I absolutely do not, but that's fine. So you can still eat shit like mayonnaise and stuff, right? Oh, sure. So you want to do? Yes, mom. I don't. I don't know. Like my mom's the per- type of person that asks that question. 
Because you like see dairy and everything. I don't know. Maybe you think no. there's, there's eggs in fucking mayonnaise. What the fuck does eggs have to do with? I don't know. I that's like, that's not what I was saying. Either. Like that's what my mom thinks. Like oh, it's white. It's got eggs. <laughs> no, I can eat fucking mayonnaise. I eat it all the time. I think that what you want is you want a nice aioli, right? So mm-hmm. you probably want like something that's creamy and mimics the feel of like the cheese because the whole purpose of cheese is to like help the meat slide down easier, I think. Right. Yes. So you get like a nice like aioli, like maybe a garlic aioli. You put that on your sub. I'm always a big believer that salt, pepper, oregano is like the perfect complement to everything on a sub, right? Uh-huh. I think what you need is a nice cherry pepper relish, like in that sub. Mm-hmm. So you want to like nestle the cherry pepper relish inside the meats. And I don't know. I mean, like, what kind of fucking meat do you like? Like, that's the whole the whole thing. You know, I think well, not- you. No, I got to answer question. I, I you thought you were going to make me a sub. Well, I would Hold be- on, do you, do you want me to give you a couple cheeses that I can I can do, like, with no problem? Like, real cheeses and not, like, fake cheeses? Can you eat, like, cabot? I, I, I can, absolutely. I can do that. But it's like, there's real cheeses that I can eat, especially, like, now that, like, I've, like, built back up a little bit of tolerance again. So it's like, I can do cheddar again now with no problem. Um, I can do provolone. Again, with no problem. Oh, well, did you see an Italian sub if you can eat provolone? There's not even a question. Like, that's the best sub there is. I don't need to make you a sub. I mean, I need to make you a sub. You need a fucking Italian sub with provolone. (laughs) Don't get that garlic aioli either if you're getting cheese on it. It's too much. A little bit of mayonnaise. Light mayonnaise. Slide down real real good with that aioli and the provolone. No, no, the provolone, yes. The cheddar, no. Cheddar is a cheddar's well, a dry. No, not cheddar. I'm saying the aioli and the provolone. It'll slide. And slide right down your throat. <laughs> you do want to get that red cherry um, pepper relish. That stuff's delicious. Mm. Mm. You can actually, Son of Italy sells it. They call it subspread. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing. And it's like $1.99 at Walmart for like a giant like jar of it that'll last you for two years. Um, really good. All right, so we're going to pair, I've got it written down, we're going to pair the full Nelson, which is Judd Nelson, um, with cheese. And I'm, go- I'm going to, we're not only going to talk about cheese in general, we're also going to talk about, I'm going to tell you the cheeses that I can now get away with, and you're going to tell me how I need to use those cheeses. Okay. All right. No prep. I'll just do it. <laughs> <laughs> to a cold um all right how much is that hmm. okay i didn't know I, that's i just found out a new one that i that i could do if i wanted to all right cool um all right so next week judd nelson movie and cheese i mean that actually goes to together pretty well in some ways um all right my name is judd (laughs) 
<laughs> See, that's what I should have named. It's oh damn it. Yeah, actually, that's that was a missed opportunity. Um, all right. Maybe I'll read by next week. Deuces, I guess. I don't know. Again? Deuces? 